In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I am Kimberly Lewis, your host, and my goal is to make you aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts around leadership. We also talk about business issues around leadership and things that leaders need to know and become aware of in order to lead their businesses successfully in today's global marketplace. So if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new, let me tell you a little bit about what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values, they may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play. In this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly can even be the key to your future success. I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights on leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. If you're interested in being on the show, send me an email and tell me what your expertise is. We're always looking for expert guests on the show, and we have a worldwide audience. And also reach out to me and tell me what you want to hear about. I'd love to hear from you, so please send me a mail. If you're, an indus- if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week, and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. So today, what we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about a leadership skill that is essential for success. But first, let me put you in the mood, okay? Now, we've all been there. Pretend you're sitting in a meeting room or a conference, staring across the table at the face of someone, and you want one thing, and they want something different. Now, you're both on the verge of reaching over the table and probably wringing each other's neck because it occurs to you that neither party is going to get what they want. How many times have you been in this position? I know I have, and sometimes we get stumped when we're in this position. And here's the thing. When you're in the middle of such a discussion, you very often forget that negotiating is not getting what you want or giving in to what the other party wants. It's not an either-or situation. It's about having both parties walk away satisfied. And this does not only happen in business, but it also happens in our personal lives. But to allow for this progress to happen, you need to understand the process. 
You need to have a keen sense of what is happening and the skills to put together an approach and navigate yourself through this kind of situation. You sometimes need a predetermined approach or a prepared plan of action to achieve a specific goal or an objective and to potentially find an agreement or a contract in a negotiation situation. But on the other hand, sometimes you don't have time to prepare plans, especially when situations come up spontaneously. And this is where real negotiation skills come in play. So how do you get negotiation skills? Are you born with them or can you learn them? After a few lessons, will you be as good as the late Nelson Mandela, who has been recognized as one of the best negotiators of the 20th century? Probably not, but maybe you can learn the skills. And today we're going to talk to somebody who teaches those skills. We're going to talk to a professional negotiation coach. Sue Preston has 20 years' experience with large organizations throughout the world. She is a highly experienced negotiator and motivational trainer, consultant, and business coach, and she is a negotiation coach. She has extensive hands-on business experience ranging from the strategic to the operational levels, and therefore she understands the many different layers that make up today's global corporate climate, and she understands how to negotiate in that. Sue's experience in commercial negotiations and managing and implementing the design and delivery of major training development programs was achieved with the Learning and Development Services Department of a major international bank. Her main focus is to help clients optimize their return on investment through designing, managing, and delivering high-impact training solutions, which guarantee behavioral change to help clients learn better negotiation skills. Her experience combined with her positive personality using innovative and stimulating approaches, such as accelerated and blended learning, brings results. And uh, today, I'm so happy to welcome Sue to the show. So welcome, Sue. Thank you. Sue. So um, let's just start with like the really simple question, Sue. I mean, when, I, when you say negotiation, sometimes the first thing that pops into people's mind is winning. Why, why is this? And why do people think like that? I think some people are nervous of negotiation, but certainly no negotiation triggers adrenaline in people. It uh, puts people in the mindset of it being a competitive activity. Um, and it's really important to get the mindset right to get a great outcome. So the mindset, rather than being negotiation is about winning, needs to be negotiation is to do business. Self-fulfilling prophecy. If I feel that I'm um, taking on an activity to do business, then that is exactly what the outcome will be. Um, so negotiation, it's a game, it's a culture, but there's a real fabric to negotiation. So I think people that do see it as winning uh, will not drive the best outcomes. Negotiation is to do business. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think that's because in our upbringing, um, I mean, we negotiate every day and and people see it as maybe either competition or compromise. I mean, when I think of compromise and competition, compromises usually occur in a win-lose situation. So, you know, how do we relate both, you know, competition and compromise to negotiations? 
Good question, Kim. Thank you. So um, there's different types of negotiation. Domestic negotiation is very different to commercial negotiation. Commercial negotiation, again, different to political negotiations. So domestic situations, you're most likely to end up at compromise um, fairly quickly, one would hope. Um, So whenever the relationship is key in the negotiation, compromise should come forward in terms of a settlement, but not too soon, because otherwise you don't have the fabric of negotiation and you don't play the game. And that can be insulting to some cultures, of course. Um, In commercial negotiations... In a competitive tactical marketplace, you are more likely to be more competitive. If the power sits on your side, you're more likely to be competitive. But in in the context of leadership, I would probably say that relationship is always going to be key. So being competitive will not get you the best deal. Heading towards compromise too quickly won't get you the best deal. However, what we need to do is take you through a process for the negotiation, get to compromise at the correct time, and make sure that both parties walk away feeling as if they've won something. Mm-hmm. And you said, I just heard you say there's three. So there's domestic and, and that's really when I'm at home and I may compromise and then commercial. And, and what about political? Okay. How, how does that fit into it? That's a yeah, different so, game. Yeah. Political will change from um, culture to culture. Um, I mean, we only have to look at some of the political situations that are, that are um, uh, uh, unreeling mm. around the world at the moment. Mm. And so political negotiations can be more threatening, um, depending on the situation. Um, It's most definitely a a lot of game playing. Um, In the UK, for example, there's um, a combination of commercial and political negotiations going Mm -hmm. on with um, Brexit right now. Um, and then we're using a lot of compromise in, in UK politics right now in order to build alliances um, outside of Brexit because when we leave, we'll need those alliances. So, so for me, it's a combination of each of those contexts just to drive the, um, the outcome that, that you need at the end of the day. But polit- politics can be more threatening. Mm-hmm. And when I go into these three, to when I go into the, these three, they're domestic, um, commercial, or political negotiations. Should I always be prepared to have to give something up? No, but what we need to be prepared to do is we need to be prepared that when we are setting out our objectives, to set them out along a range. So I'm never going to go into a negotiation, Kim, with just the one objective, because otherwise I've either got to give something up or I've Mm -hmm. got to fight to win, which we've just both said that that isn't a a great approach. So what we need is we need what is our ideal position, what realistically can we get, And at what point do we stop negotiating? So we need three um, objectives, three markers on our objectives. Now, the definition of negotiation, if you were to describe it in well, define it in one word, that one word would be movement. So do you have to give up something? The answer, the short answer would be yes. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But if you've p- prepared and planned for that, that you're going to give up because you've inflated some of your objectives in order to play the game, then you can still walk out with um, with a, a win or p- a perceived win under your arm. Mm-hmm. And does that work also in um, spontaneous? I'm, I mean, so we're all business people. We found ourselves in situations when we're we're not one hundred percent prepared. Okay, and and uh, you know, sp- how spontaneous situations with negotiation is is there any easier way to deal with that? Yeah, absolutely. But I think what it is, Kim, is the preparation. Um, uh, sits with us now there's a responsibility now to be prepared for any spontaneous negotiations so for mm-hmm. example in my top drawer in my office and and in my laptop bag when I'm traveling I always have a generic give and take list so generically in my business in the context of where I negotiate what could I take from negotiations and what can I give in order to encourage them to give me movement not everything on that list is applicable to each negotiation but if I'm spontaneously in a negotiation I can bring out that piece of paper or open the file on my iPhone or my um, or, or my laptop and I can or I can instantly see some areas that I can move on Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're, uh, and I think that's really great because it's, sometimes people feel off guard when they're in this spontaneous situation and they have mm-hmm. to negotiate and they don't feel prepared. And uh-huh. how much, how, how much does misconceptions play into negotiation? Yeah, well, I think the misconceptions probably come from the preparation and planning, certainly Mm. when people are making assumptions. And so therefore, they've planned based on misconceptions and assumptions. For me, my advice to you is have a structure in your negotiations and get to the point at which you are validating and asking questions. And when you get to that phase in your negotiation, you test out any assumptions that you have made in your planning and your preparation so you ask good open questions and my biggest tip of all Kim at this point in the negotiation is listen more than you speak ask Mm -hmm. a great open question to test out that assumption and listen because here's the deal I learn more when I'm listening when I'm talking I only I only speak from information I already have Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right and this and this applies to all levels of negotiation that we've been talking about, whether it's domestic or commercial or political? Yes, absolutely. Everything in my toolkit relates to each one of those scenarios. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Good. So, so I want to I want to move on a little bit because you just started to talk about skills and and styles because we're all different. We're all different people. And um, we have different different styles of negotiation, and we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk about styles and and upbringing and and how that affects the kind of negotiations that we do or what we bring to the table. 
And for our listeners, we are speaking with Sue Preston, the negotiation coach and managing director of SLP Consulting and Training, a company specializing in negotiating and influencing programs, as well as high-impact leadership courses. Sue has been active in national and global businesses for over 25 years, and she is a great trainer and delivers programs around the world. If you'd like to reach out to Sue, you can reach out to her on SuePrestonTraining.com. She's also on LinkedIn under Sue Preston, the NEG coach, and that's one word. So please reach out to her. I'm sure she wants to hear from you. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, CEO and leadership and diversity expert. And you can contact me with comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join our LinkedIn group at Leadership Beyond Borders or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. And we'll be right back. And when we get back, I want to talk about the different kinds of styles of negotiation. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. How many milestones do we rack up in our lives? From marriage to changing jobs, buying a home, and starting a family. We think we have our money and finances figured out, but it isn't that easy. Learn how to plan, set, and achieve your financial goals by tuning into Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. It's time to take control of your personal cash flow. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis. And today, we are speaking with Sue Preston, the negotiation coach and managing director of SLP Consulting and Training, a company specializing in negotiation and influencing programs, as well as high-impact leadership courses. So before the break, Sue, um, we kind of got a, a taste of... Um, negotiation and what I thought was really interesting is is you've divided into to three major types whether that's domestic um, commercial or political and within these types of negotiations that we all enter we bring ourselves in the negotiation soon so are there different styles of negotiations when somebody goes to the table Yes, absolutely. There are, Kim. There's different types um, and there's different approaches as well. So as we referred to in the um, earlier session before break, some people going um, simply to win. The impact of that style is it's very aggressive on the other party. You're unlikely to get the best deal unless um, it's a competitive environment whereby it's, it's driven by price. Mm-hmm. Um, another style is um, collaboration, and that style you tend to only see when this is strategic, it's long-term, it's big-ticket items, and true collaboration is around um, progressing, developing, um, and p- the word partnership is often used there. Mm-hmm. Um, avoiding, I think in leadership, in business, there's some avoidance of negotiation, If that is yourself um, to the listeners and you tend to avoid negotiation, think of it differently. Think of the situation as a persuasion activity or you're there to influence the other party and that might just soften it for you. And then, of course, there's accommodating. So and I think for me, this happens more in my domestic life where sometimes it's just not worth it. It's Mm -hmm. just not worth the negotiation. So I will accommodate um, the other party's needs. Mm -hmm. Um, What happens is most people have a default style and it's driven by the market in which you're operating in, in a commercial sense. So once again, the, um, the question to ask yourself is, is relationship absolutely key here? If it is, you're looking for or or to collaborate or cooperate with the other party. If, however, you're in a tactical competitive environment, then you can get out there and you can um, threaten, be more competing. um, And sometimes if it's not worth it, then accommodate. 
Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting uh, because I've never really thought of it that way, of driven by the market you're in, mm. um, which, which, which I think is a really important point to our listeners. And um, so if it's driven by the, the, the market I'm in, Sue, where does then my own personality come into this? Okay, because we all have different. If you look at Myers Briggs or, or many of the other different personality traits, um, how how does that mix in with this, this negotiation style? Absolutely. Well, that's when we start to talk about um, the toolkit of emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. and my personality. And it's okay to be you. So Mm -hmm. if you're negotiating, you don't need to be a mini me of Sue Preston in order to get a good deal. You can use your own personality. But my tips to you would be reflect on your own personality. And what is the impact often on the other party? So My self-perception matters little, but what matters a whole lot more, Kim, is the impact I'm having on the other party. So Mm -hmm. I need some kind of feedback to keep um, keep me on the straight and the narrow. My biggest tip to anybody, whatever your personality, that is fine, but make sure you get the balance of, um, I call it the business and people tightrope. So whatever your style, you're walking the tightrope the whole time. And it's a very thin tightrope. So if you fall off one side, it means that you've lost sight of the people in the relationship. And if you fall off the other side, it means that you've you've taken your foot off the accelerator and you're no longer being persistent and driving for business. So it's really kind of keeping that balance of staying in rapport with the other party. Because a question to ask yourself is, is it easier for somebody to give up something they've got if they like me or dislike me? Mm-hmm. Now, the answer, really? of course, would be if they like me, right? Mm-hmm. So. I need to stay warm and approachable and get them to a place where they like me, but they respect me because I'm tough to do business with. So mm-hmm. that's the tightrope tight walk that we have to do continually through, no matter what our preferred style is. Mm-hmm. So that would be, Sue, if I look at that, it, it, that's me taking that emotional, intelli- emotional intelligence that I have. So if I'm, if I'm in a really competitive situation um, where, you know, we're talking about price or whatever, okay, something very competitive, and my nature is more um, as an extrovert and an organized thinker, and the person I'm dealing with is more of an introvert, then I have to walk that tightrope in, in uh, everything I present and balance that market situation along with my personality. And that's what you're saying. Yes, absolutely. Spot on. Okay. Yeah. That, and that's not easy to do, is it? No, no, none of of this is easy. I mean, it's kind of, um, it's my speciality, it's my area. And so therefore, when you, when you focus on something day in and day out, I guess it gets easier. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but the challenge of negotiation is the thing that gives you the reward afterwards. And what I can tell you is a great negotiator is never happy with his or her last deal. So mm-hmm. they will always go back and reflect and think, what could I have done differently? Where could I have, where did I need to put my foot on the accelerator harder? When did I lose rapport? When did I lose my sight of emotional, emotionally it's intelligent to the other party? And mm-hmm. it's simply, it's just about adapting and flexing your own approach 
approach to get the best out of somebody else. Mm -hmm. So neuro-linguistic programming as well, which is kind of, you know, if somebody else is speaking at a different pace to me or if they're more auditory and and I'm more visual, then I need to be emotionally intelligent enough to get that and understand it and just flex my approach to that. The good news is, Kim, I can go back to being me afterwards. Mhm mhm that's that's a really good point Sue. and let me let me add to that a little bit so um how does culture fit into this okay because i uh, you live in great britain i live both in czech republic and in germany and um how how does culture fit into these styles well culture does um absolutely fit in um and it changes the dynamics somewhat um what I can say to you is that culture is made up of many layers and I think we have to be very careful of stereotyping. So people see culture as simply a nation or a country mm-hmm. um, or a part in the world. And culture is more than that. So Kim, even in the UK, there are different cultures depending mm-hmm. on the industry in which we're working in. Um, you know, culture is made up of my background as well. So if I'm if I'm working with one of the um, investment banks one week and then the week after I might be working in um, a medical uh, private hospital situation um, both of those have very different cultures so it's not always countrywide. Mm-hmm. that said um, although we don't want to generalize there are some themes so if you're working for example next week I'm working in Istanbul beautiful beautiful Istanbul now when I work in Istanbul you need to get to the trading phase much quicker than you would in either the US or the UK. Mm-hmm. So, so all I would say is my biggest tip with culture is do your homework, less about your culture, more about their culture, and mm-hmm. just understand how are they likely to play the game. So, for example, when I go to Germany to negotiate, I make sure that, that my logic is absolutely accurate and it Mm -hmm. is foolproof because if there's Mm -hmm. one culture that's going to blow my logic apart it's going to be somebody in Germany yeah but be but be very very careful of generalizing Mm -hmm. um you know I I think that globalization has made and and we've got more access to the world and so therefore there is a dilution of culture so I would say don't let it um be a negative impact on your preparation but certainly just make Make sure um, that you, you you understand their fabric of negotiation. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important because we've seen we've seen so many um, uh, situations that have fallen apart culturally because because the cultural sensitivity hasn't been taken into the negotiation process. But mm-hmm. as you said, I, I, I agree. It's not just it, it, I'm, it's not just country wise. It is really the difference between walking into an investment bank or a, a law firm and, and or a medical hospital. And you put on top of that, Sue, I mean, today is we're working with five generations within yep. the workforce. Okay. And um, and then, of course, in, in Europe, we have um, 2020 of 40 percent gender balance on boards. How how do these generational differences and, and gender differences also play into this? 
Well, in terms of, it's interesting actually because I had a discussion earlier um, this morning with a client of mine and in the UK at the moment we have a, um, it's high on the news agenda that there's a pay difference between um, male and female. Um, And the the school of thought is that in a interview, a job interview, a female is less likely to be more focused on the pay. So takes her foot off the accelerator sooner. For me, in my experience, I think that's a pretty big generalization. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's some strong ladies out there, yourself for one, myself for another. Lots of the listeners will be female. Um, and there's some strong ladies out there that that don't fall into those traps. So I do often get the debate on some of my facilitation days, which some men will say to me they find it easier to negotiate with other men and more difficult with other ladies. Some ladies will find it more difficult um, with other ladies, actually, rather than men. So I think there is a gender difference, but I don't think we can give a generic answer to that because I think it depends on the person that is controlling the negotiation. Mm -hmm. So for me, would the gender on the other party make a difference to me? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Um, But for some people, for some people it will. And so therefore, I think instead of looking at the gender difference, we need to look at the behaviours that's driving those differences until we start to look at the toolkit. But once again, my advice to you is whatever the generation, whatever the gender, stay on that tightrope of warm and tough. And just remember any ladies out there that do tend to fall into the category that I spoke about earlier and might take their foot off the accelerator earlier is just remember warm and tough warm and tough people will like you which is great but we also need to keep our foot on the accelerator mm-hmm. so is this is this is more do you think so this is more about communication styles um, and being aware of the different communication styles, and that could also, uh, we're talking gender, but it could be cultural, um, uh, more that than actually um, a gender difference in negotiations. I agree 100%. And I think negotiation is made up of so many different layers, which makes Mm -hmm. it a fairly complex activity. Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. Well, um, we're going to take a short break, and Sue. And when we come back, I, we, we've talked a, a lot about the styles, and I'd like to go in to actually about the skills and the different stages of negotiation. Okay. And and maybe you know, when is it time? What skills do you need? And when is the right time to put your proposal in the ring? And for our listeners, we are talking to Sue Preston, the negotiation coach and managing director of SLP Consulting and Training, a company specializing in negotiation and influencing programs, as well as high impact leadership courses. Sue has been active in national and global businesses for over 25 years, and she delivers training programs in leadership and negotiation. If you'd like to reach out to Sue, you can go to her website at suepreston.training.com or she's also on LinkedIn under Sue Preston, the NEG coach. And you're listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's Business. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, head of the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, providing leadership training to women in all kinds of industries. Please contact me with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And with that, we'll be right back. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. How many milestones do we rack up in our lives? From marriage to changing jobs, buying a home, and starting a family. We think we have our money and finances figured out, but it isn't that easy. Learn how to plan, set, and achieve your financial goals by tuning into Money Counts, unleashing your money's hidden potential with host Debbie Peterson. It's time to take control of your personal cash flow. Listen every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Dialogue is the single most powerful leadership tool we have to make a difference in the world. Leading conversations with host Cheryl Esposito creates a place for that dialogue. Tune into the Voice America Business Channel every Friday as Cheryl hosts new conversations among leaders from around the world in business, government, art, economics, and social change. We'll explore big ideas and everyday actions and learn how their own leadership has led them to discover a newfound sense of possibility in the world. Leading conversations with Cheryl Esposito, bringing big thinkers together in conversations that make a difference right here on the Voice America Business Channel every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. We're one of the best series for learning about global leadership and business issues and business skills that you need to be a great leader. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, and today we're speaking with Sue Preston, the negotiation coach and managing director of SL Consulting and training a company specializing in negotiation and influencing programs as well as high-impact leadership courses. Now, we, we started off the show talking about what negotiation is and some of the uh, misconceptions about negotiation, and, and then we walked, walked 
talked about the styles, the different kind of styles and, and what kind of, you know, if culture has an impact on negotiations. And Sue, I'd, I'd like to talk about skills now, okay, because um, you do negotiation programs and, um, you know, what are the skills and are, are we able to learn those skills? Well, that's a good debate, isn't it? That's like the nature nurture debate. So um, let's let's go for the skills first, um, Kim. So for me, um, I've kind of prioritised some of these some of these skills, and there's nothing groundbreaking here. For me, if I was to choose one skill that everybody needs to be um, first class at, it would be listening. And Mm -hmm. you know what, Kim, listening just is not enough. So we need to stay 100% present in that negotiation. And that's really tough. Some negotiations can last 20 minutes, 10 minutes, two days, three weeks. And and to stay 100% present is the most exhausting thing that you can do. Um, So I would say listening skills at their best is a key skill. Mm -hmm. Now, the second... um, skill or behavioral trait even is charisma so if I've got charisma whatever charisma might be and that might be a debate for another time um, but the power to be liked without compromising the toughness and the assertion on business Um, the power to walk in the room and be noticed I guess really what I'm saying is presence so have that presence in the room and that won't only come from what you're saying so what about your body language what about your posture what about your eye contact so all of those for me would come under the um, charisma piece Mm -hmm. to be very focused so we spoke about having an ideal a realistic and a point at which you will you will negotiate no longer Um, but to be really focused on those targets and to I use the phrase keep your eye on the prize what is the prize for today and keep your eye on the prize and be persistent so if you think of children the best negotiators in the globe wherever you are in the world whatever the language whatever the culture the best negotiators are children and one of their key skills there is persistence so I don't know how much experience your listeners have with say two or three year olds but my son has a a three-year-old and she's pretty persistent especially once they hit the why stage Mm -hmm. so we can take some lessons back from that um I would also say have humor humor is um a double-edged sword we need to be very careful with how we use humor but it can diffuse situations um we need to take our license for how we use humor from the other party um and then that will give you um an insight into how much level of of humor you can use but there's nothing wrong with um, gentle humor just watch because it can be very cultural be very knowledgeable about what it is what is the subject area because you are going to need to use a lot of logic, a lot of compelling argument. And I think the final one for me is confidence. So even if you're entering a negotiation where you're not feeling confident, is to consider the swan analogy, where the swan glides on the surface of the water but beneath the water, the feet are, are swimming 10 to the dozen. So even if that's how you feel inside, we need to carry the confidence through in the negotiation. Mm-hmm. 
So th- with these five skills, that's those are that's really great to tip here, Sue. And on these five skills, um, how I mean, listening skills we can learn. Okay. Uh, focus probably can be learned. What about the other ones? Are, are there any tips that you can give us to to help push us along to try to acquire those skills? Or I would say maybe even we all have those skills someplace, maybe deep in us, but to make them better? Yeah, and I think we can. And I, I think one thing we need to add on to that as well, Kim, is it's still okay to be you. So mm-hmm. charisma is very subjective. It might be different for one person than another person. Charisma doesn't always mean that I have to be the most extrovert person in the wor- in the in the room. Um, I can still create that presence in the room, whatever that presence is for you. How can I learn to use it better is by reflection. So complete your negotiation, close your negotiation down, take some time out to think, how did that go? And be tough on yourself. You know, where could I have pushed harder? Where where did I lose rapport? And what did I do to lose rapport? What do I need to do differently next time? Um, and continually reflect and then you'll get learning. And also, people don't only negotiate on a one-to-one. Sometimes you're negotiating in a team. So if it's a team negotiation, ask your colleagues, what was your what was your feedback? The other thing that that I do as one of my products is with some of my clients, if they've got a big ticket negotiation, I'll give you an example. There was a charity I worked with and they were about to outsource all of their software and hardware. So um, they they were going into negotiation with some big giants in terms of the commercial world and the charity were somewhat commercially naive. Um, so in terms of preparation, we, I went in and ran for them a simulation using live data that would be used in the actual negotiation. So I played the role of the um, commercial organization. Mm-hmm. And they, as a team, negotiated against me. And we played it. And we gave feedback. And we replayed it. And we gave feedback. And that team knew exactly what they were going to do inside and out before it actually happened. It's kind of how athletes prepare for, you know, a um, an Olympic um I don't know, 100 meter run or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. They've rehearsed it and visualized it and visualized it and visualized it before it's actually happened. So mm-hmm. that would be for me how you learn. Mm-hmm. And that that's a that's a really great example. And um, that reminds me, comes me back with this preparation, comes back to, me to the stages of the negotiation process mm-hmm. and, the, and the skills related to the stages. So we talked a little bit before about preparation and um are there different stages in the negotiation process and and where might these skills relate in these different stages? Are there different stages where things are more important than the other in a negotiation yes. process? Yes. So, so, so stage one would be um, before the negotiation starts, which is preparation and planning. And on that point, just remember that the negotiation starts at the for- first point of contact. That could be a phone call. That could be an email. Um, that could be when you meet in reception. So just be prepared for that. So planning and preparation are two distinct activities. So 
if I plan, I am collecting data. This is where I'm pulling together my compelling argument, any statistics, any finances, anything that will support my argument. The planning is the execution. So I'm going to plan when to use the information, when to put my proposal um, in the ring, as you said earlier. So my first phase is, is planning and preparation. Now, I have a planning and preparation template for big ticket strategic negotiations, but I also have a template for those spontaneous negotiations that you were referring to um, earlier. So mm -hmm. prepare and plan according to the situation. That's phase one. Phase two is set the stage. So Kim and listeners out there, the negotiation, think of it as a performance. And in this second stage, you're going to set the stage for the performance to take place. So I'm going to build rapport. I'm going to really stay 100% present to understand the other party's position. I'm going to use my conditioning statement to manage their expectations. So I'm going to be quite firm in terms of whatever my conditioning statement might be. It might be it's a really tough market for us out there right now. It might be that globally, the, the, our global client base is shrinking right now. We really need to pull the stops out and get the best deal. But whatever it is, whatever my kind of stop point is I need to get that in my opening phase but remember to keep the warmth as well so mm -hmm. phase three is validating question so here is where we're going to test all of those assumptions get rid of those misconceptions we're also testing here where movement's likely to come from so here you're going to ask some great open questions and you're going to listen to everything that comes back in terms of an answer. So I want you to speak less here and listen more and just collect all of that information. Now, after stage three, once you've got new information, take a break, recess, get out of the room, but not until you've summarized. So we'll talk more about the toolkit later on, but we're going to summarize and then we're going to take a break because some of my new information may have changed my original proposal. Okay, mm -hmm. so then I'm going to come back in the room and then the... Fourth stage is trade. So here's where I'm going to throw my proposal into the ring. The, the most common question I get asked here, Kim and listeners, is who should put their proposal down first, me or the other party? Now, I always put my proposal down first, but only if I'm 100% sure of my ground, if I've done my homework, if I've got every piece to the jigsaw, if I know the market I'm operating in and I'm very sure of my ground, I'm going to put my stake in the ground first. And the reason for that is it conditions them towards my objectives. If I allow them to put their stake in the ground first, then they've got the power to put a much higher price or a much higher deadline or a much higher resource level in than I than I like. So I'd want to put mine in first. If however I'm ever on unsure ground and I'm not I'm not 100% sure that I have all the information, then I'll let them put their stake in the ground first. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, the, sorry, the final, the final um, is close out. So here, summarize what's been summarized, what's been agreed, close out, finish the negotiation, and then do your reflection. Mm-hmm. I, I think, Sue, that is a fantastic roadmap, and I really like the the tip of putting your stake in the ground first and why you do that. I think that, that that's a really important takeaway here for our listeners, and it's a takeaway for myself also. And with that, we're, we're starting to get towards the end of our our um, show, Sue, and I think we could talk about this forever. Yes. And, but I, I mean, it's really interesting, and, and I'm so happy you joined us today. But I just want to, if you had one big takeaway to our listeners about negotiations, one tip, what would that be to close this out? Wow, that's a big <laughs> question. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go for summarize, 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 summarize. You could <laughs> never do too much summarizing in a negotiation. So just very quickly, summaries, what do they do? They bring back onto the table any variables that might have got missed or or lost within the discussion, the dialogue. They reduce the temperature in the negotiating room if it's getting heated. And the third thing a summary will do is mm-hmm. give, if you're negotiating in, in a team and your assistant negotiates, um, summarizes it gives the lead time to think so um summarize 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 and one other thing if i'm allowed do your thinking outside the room so don't try to think on your feet because you'll make a mistake yeah and i think that's a great last tip sue and i want to thank you so much for being with us today and for our listeners we've been talking to sue preston the negotiation coach and managing director of slp consulting and training a company specializing in negotiation and influencing programs as well as high impact leadership courses you can reach out to sue on linkedin under sue preston the neg coach or you can also go to her website at suepreston.training.com. And with that, Sue, once again, thank you so, so much. It's been a, a, a great discussion, and I'm sure our listeners have taken away a lot. Thank you. Okay. And for our listeners, again, thank you for listening today. Um, You can also get some tips on negotiation in my book, Ponytail Talk. It's all about you winning career strategies for women. I talk about negotiation in the relation to communication styles between both men and women. So if you have not read my book, it is available on Amazon. And we at the Women's Leadership Academy 2020 also have courses that can support your career journey. We have courses on communication, so check us out at www.globalbusinesstherapy.com or at the Women's Leadership Academy 2020. Once again, Leadership Beyond Borders is a program sponsored by Global Business Therapy and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020. Please get in touch with me for leadership training, systemic team coaching, motivational speaking, and executive coaching. And please contact me, your host, Kimberly Lewis. Send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or visit my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net. And I always end each week with a tip. And I think what this, this show today got me thinking and got me to remember that negotiation is so important in leadership, but negotiation is not about winning. It's not just about getting your way. It's about walking away from the table with all parties satisfied so that everyone 
will be successful. And as leaders, listen to what you heard Sue said today. Reach out to her at SuePrestonTraining.com or Sue Preston, the NEG coach. I think we heard some great tips today. And stay tuned. Tune in to us next week for another great show. And thank you for listening this week. Until next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.